at the beginning, it's really quite unbearable. And then it's uncomfortable. And then it's unstoppable. You've got to be part of a community. You can't do it alone. And also, once you do tell your story, the fear is gone. That is a huge step. Welcome to the tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober, or just plain sober curious, you need a tribe. You need a tribe because it's so hard to do this alone. You need a tribe because you need support. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've got your back. Here at Tribe Sober, we have people at all stages of the journey, all helping each other to stay on track. On this podcast, we've got recovery stories to inspire you, experts to inform you, and plenty of advice on how to ditch the drink and change your life. So here's your host, tribe leader, Janet Gorond. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tribe Sober Podcast, episode 140. My name is Janet Goron. I'm the founder of Tribe Sober, and I'm your host for this podcast. Here at Tribe Sober, we help people to change their relationship with alcohol and then to go on and actually thrive in their alcohol-free lives. And over the last seven years, we've helped hundreds of people to do just that. At the time of recording, we've just started the run-up to the festive season, so people are joining our annual fundraiser to get 30 days of online and community support. We've got plenty of people doing a dry December with us, people who are going to start 2023 feeling fantastic rather than exhausted and hungover. So to join us, just go to tribesober.com and hit annual fundraiser to get 30 days of support from a date of your choosing. It can be a dry December or a dry January, your call. This week's podcast guest is Tribe Sober member Judy Cook. Judy was a headmistress who loved her job and in fact she still managed to run her school efficiently even though her alcohol dependence was increasing. Judy managed to ditch the booze and like many of us she's been blown away by the benefits of sobriety and the warm connection we all find in the recovery space. So let's have a listen to her story. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's really kind of you to to invite me to this podcast. Uh, I'm called Judy, Judy Cook. I live in Lancashire, near Manchester, in the United Kingdom. I've been here for 42 years, but I'm moving shortly up to the northeast of England. So I can't wait to move, probably about five weeks' time. New life, new chapter. Can't wait. So let's dive into those drinking years, shall we? I think, uh, like me, Judy, there were quite a lot of them. We're talking about decades rather than years. So when did it all start? Did you Were you a teenage drinker? I wasn't, no. Do you know what? I didn't start drinking till I was about 28 years of age. I was brought up... Ooh, late developer. Yeah, I had a lovely childhood, but my parents were very, very strict. My parents were both doctors... They expected me to train to be a doctor, which I didn't want to do. Um, I have a twin sister. I have an older sister. So there were three of us. And drink was not in the house. It was not talked about. It wasn't there, apart from Christmas Day. 
there would be a bottle of Matty's Rosa, you know, that funny shaped bottle. <laughs> um, I one... remember it well. We used to make lamps out of it. <laughs> <laughs> one of those between the five of us on Christmas Day, and that was it. <laughs> Honestly. Um, wow. So, I, you know, I, I can remember when I was turned 18 years of age, my friend said to me, oh, let's go to the pub. We're old enough to go to the pub. And I said to her, being naive, well, we could go to the pub, but what happens if you're not thirsty? <laughs> you know, I didn't understand that people would <laughs> want to drink if they weren't thirsty. So, no, alcohol was not in my life yeah. whatsoever. I got married. You know, we had the occasional glass of wine. And then I started my teaching career. Wine wasn't really part of that. And then gradually, around about 28, I started to have wine in, for dinner. My husband's family drank quite a lot. And I was sort of introduced to it then. And I can remember having my children thinking, oh, I can't drink for, for nine months. But then as soon as I got home, I started to drink. So it crept up. It did creep up. I was a teacher, yeah, I loved it. it I was working at a private school. And then the head teacher, who was quite an old lady, she died and the school was going to close down. So me being me, I'm all or nothing. Shall I buy it? <laughs> so I did. I bought the school and ran the school as head teacher for 28 years. It was a private school with children between wow. 4 and 11. Mm -hmm. We did the 11 plus exam. Mm -hmm. I had 110 children, absolutely loved it, loved Mondays. But then, of course, wonderful came home, oh, I need a reward, glass of wine. Yeah, yeah. And then it just carries on. Oh, I'm making Sunday dinner, glass of wine. And it just creeps up before you know it. If somebody had just told me, Judy, know. you know, it's poison. But nobody did tell me. And I think the other thing is... Yeah. Because I was brought up so strict, as soon as I was away from home, it was, oh, I can do what I want. I'm allowed to do what I want. Yeah. So there you go. That's how it started. When did you start to worry about it? Well, I was married for 32 years with my first husband. And towards the end of that, you know, I was starting to worry. It wasn't affecting the marriage. However, the marriage did end by me for other reasons. And I thought at the time, I'm going to leave my husband, but as long as I've got my wine, I'm going to be all right. Oh. That's what went into my mind. It, it, was, <laughs> my best, it was my best friend. I knew I, need, I knew I had a problem, and I denied it. And I used to look up Google, am I an alcoholic? I knew I was. I was a functioning al alcoholic. I could run a school. Yeah. I got Ofsted's reports, which were oh, fantastic. Yeah. But I drank. Yeah. I, I didn't. Did you have those arguments in your head where, you know, you your conscious mind was saying, oh, I've really got to cut down or, or stop. And then you yeah. thought, but how am I going to socialize? How am I going to relax after a hard day at the school? Yeah, it, it, it was like that. Struggle uh, going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and all, all the time it was right. Let's just have one more. Let's just have one more. And then you'd read something about, well, alcohol, a, a glass of red wine is quite good for you. Oh, well, I'm all right then. Oh, I used to watch that's... the soaps and they would be drinking. Okay, if they're drinking, course, it must be all right. So that's what was in my mind for years and years and years. 
Did you ever set rules? Did you have no, um, no. the I won't drink on a... No. You didn't no. set rules? I no. drank every day. Okay, every interesting. Day. Every single day. When we went on holiday, we always had all-inclusive holidays. Why would you not? Why would you go on holiday and not drink? That was, to me, was the most important thing. And then, of course, you you have to get value out of that all-inclusive holiday, don't you? Yeah, I <laughs> couldn't get enough. If ever we went out for a meal, it wasn't the meal I was interested in, it was the wine. Yeah. Small, medium or large, madam? <laughs> large, please. What a silly question to ask me. Absolutely. But even a large wasn't enough. And I'd sometimes put a little no. bottle of wine in my handbag. Oh, just in case there wasn't enough. I can remember going to a concert in Manchester to see Lionel Richie. And I went to the oh, bar, yeah. got the drinks, took my little bottle. I had I had to remember the concert. Honestly, what a waste of money. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. You'll have to listen to one of our podcasts, which is called uh, Missing Madonna. It's uh, one of our tribe members. He uh, he loved Madonna and he, he saved up all his money to travel from South Africa to get fantastic seats at this gig. And, by, and she was late coming on, as she always is. And by the time she came on, he was uh, in a blackout. So he missed the whole thing. Oh, blackouts, aren't they terrifying? <laughs> I married Richard 11 years ago. We, we, we had a, a, we've got, have a, got a super life. But we were both drinking when we met. And I can remember coming home from work. He'd have my glass of wine ready for me as a reward and I'd enjoy it and I'd go to the fridge and get another and another bottle was gone start on another one I'd carry my glass of wine to bed I couldn't remember the next morning what I'd made for tea what I'd eaten for tea what we'd watched on tv and it was so awful I used to wake up in the morning and within within 10 seconds my mind would be have I got enough alcohol for today should I go to the shop now or later? Should I get three or four? Oh, every single morning, that thought. Such a trap, it isn't is a it? Trap. And that's why when we manage to ditch it, it feels like freedom. <laughs> oh, do you know, um, of course, after I, I'd sold my school after 28 years and I went into private tutoring. So I was travelling to people's houses in an evening to tutor children because I couldn't start till after school. I'd do three children a night, every night. I loved it. I was starting to tutor children, sitting, thinking about my wine. Well, when this lesson's finished, I'm going to get on home and get my wine. It was even in my mind then. Ah. Oh. When did you make the decision? Did something happen? Yeah, or yeah. I woke up. You just thought, my what fi- happened? My fingers were tingling. My toes were tingling. I'd read that this tingling is as a result of alcohol poisoning. It can't be reversed. I was scared out of my life. I really frightened myself. I jumped out of bed. I went to the kitchen. I poured my wine away. I said to myself, right, that's it. Stop. Um, And I started to look on Facebook for some help. I didn't want to go to AA. In case I bumped into somebody I knew, I didn't dare go to AA. Exactly. I need some help. 
And you Can I just ask you, Judy, before you tell us before you tell us how you did it? I'm just I'm really interested in this tingling. I shall research it. But um, have you ever experienced it since? No, it's gone. I knew no, it was the okay. alcohol. I knew in deep down, I knew it was the alcohol. So that was like um not a rock bottom. It was just that was your wake up a call. Wake up call. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is my yeah. why. Health. Yeah. I didn't want to have fingers and toes yeah. and tingle. It was so scary. I can't remember how many units a week I was having, but I was having far too many units a week. So anyway, this particular morning, I threw it all away. That's it. I'm going to start my journey. Where? Do, what do I do? So I looked on Facebook, searched and searched, and I found a group called Be Sober. And there was a chap called Simon Chapel. He was advertising a free half-hour phone call. So I booked... I booked him in, um, and it was a couple of days later. I was due to have this phone call. I hadn't told my husband I was stopping. Too embarrassed. I took my mobile phone and my dog, and we walked into the woods behind my house. And I sat. I stood waiting for the phone call, and it came. He said to me, Judy, you've already started your journey. Educate yourself. And, and he said to me, I, I've not coached anybody yet would you like me to coach you <gasps> yes so we arranged coaching and I remember skipping home after that phone call because I told somebody I told somebody I had a problem it was a huge relief yeah I skipped home and still I didn't tell Richard too embarrassed I was embarrassed so we started having coaching once a week with Simon and he was my accountability partner, if you like. You know, I can't let him down. Yeah. And I did the work. Don't forget it was lockdown. I couldn't go and teach. I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to go in people's houses to tutor. I had to stay at home. That was another reason to stop drinking. I wouldn't be able to go out shopping to get the drink because we were only allowed out for really important things. It's an ideal time. So I didn't work for 18 weeks and for those 18 weeks I studied I read I watched YouTubes twice a day every day podcasts journaling I studied like an exam for 18 weeks yeah that was it because I had nothing Brilliant. else to do strategy yeah couldn't go to the gym yeah well that was the best 18 weeks I can remember I, I got excited it's not just about you can't drink. It's a whole new life. I'm joining this group and that group. Yeah. And again, I'm all or nothing. I've joined so many groups. I was doing two Zooms a day. I couldn't get enough. I always tell people they should throw the book at this thing, but you certainly threw the book at it, didn't you? Immerse you did everything, yourself. which is Absolutely. brilliant. Immerse yourself. Yeah. That, 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 if you can, concentrate on that 100%. I was lucky. I didn't have to go to work. I, I had all the time in the world. No excuse. It's now or never. And for me, it was now. Because, you know, I'm not yeah, young anymore. Yeah. I can honestly say I really, really enjoyed those 18 weeks. Uh, I had Simon every week. Then it was Fantastic. every fortnight. Then I got, oh, my first Christmas. I was so excited. 
I was going to do a Zoom at six o'clock. I was going to be on a Zoom at six o'clock on Christmas Day. And I had to say, I haven't had a drink. My first Christmas without a drink was the most amazing experience I've ever had. I didn't need a drink. And I got on that Zoom at six o'clock. I couldn't wait to tell people. That's another thing. When, you, when you're not drinking and you have day four, day five, a week, post it. And you get people saying, well done. And that's the best feeling in the world. And then you turn it around and you do it to other people. It's so exciting. When did you tell your husband? I gradually, gradually told him about three months into three months. Didn't make a big thing of it. Didn't he notice before then? Didn't he notice? Yes, he did notice. But but I didn't I don't didn't want to make a big thing of it. It's like my children. I didn't tell my children for yeah. quite a long time. But the thing is, you don't need to tell people. They see the difference in you. Yeah. I don't mind absolutely. telling yeah. people on my journey, strangers, anybody. I remember telling the milkman, I've stopped drinking. <laughs> Told the milkman before my husband, <laughs> stop drinking. <laughs> um, now, the other thing I did was I, again, all or nothing, I bought as many alcohol-free drinks as I could possibly find. I'm not going to be left out. And I bought all these drinks, lips, um, seed lips and Nosecos and alcohol-free wine, alcohol-free gin. Fantastic. And Richard bought me a trolley. So I put all these drinks on my trolley every day. A drinks trolley. Oh, I'll, I'm going to put a, yeah. put a picture of it on your group. It's amazing. Every day, what shall I have now? Ice cubes, shakers, glass. Make it a hobby. It's, honestly, you're not missing out. We're so lucky these days, aren't we? Because 10 years ago, well, seven years ago when I stopped, uh, there was nothing, nothing else to drink. No, you know, no. you had a a Coke or water, mm -hmm. and I remember feeling grumpy and sorry for myself, but now, you know, when I go out, I can have, have so many choices. Yeah. So it sounds to me, Judy, as if, you know, from day one, sobriety yeah. was, was just your thing, you yeah. know. I mean, did, did you ever, I mean, frankly, I went through months of feeling really down and, you know, thinking, oh, what have I done here? Am I going to be able to do this? But it sounds like you were just flying from yes, very early on. Because I didn't realise it could be such an exciting journey. It's not putting my glass down, it's doing everything else. Simon said to me, Judy, yeah. what about meditation? I thought, well, what on earth that got to do with it? Couldn't understand why he mentioned that. So I started to have a little look at meditation. Wow. That is the biggest thing that has changed my life. Because putting the drink down yeah. is number one. You then start to realise you get to know yourself again. In meditation, yeah. you start relaxing getting into the now and then you start being grateful for things and meditation is a yeah. thing that you practice isn't it you get better and better you can start with two minutes yeah people say oh I can't do it but it's just a practice and, and that has helped me yeah. with my alcohol-free journey I don't like the word sober alcohol-free sparkly journey is what I'm on I meditate. Sparkly journey, I like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I meditate every single day. I'll say to Richard, I'm just going to the bedroom to meditate. See you later. I might be an hour. Doesn't matter. 
it gives me a newly so does it vary the amount of time yeah. the amount of time yeah. you meditate for it yeah. varies yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um this is an app called insights timer and it's free and there are mm-hmm. hundreds of hundreds of meditations so then after the first christmas it was my first holiday i was dreading it absolutely dreading it we booked a cruise which is probably the worst kind of holiday to have when you're trying to be sober. So I actually rebooked it for a later date and we changed it to a four-night cruise. Let's have an experiment. Let's just go for four nights. So again, my coach said to me, see it as an adventure, see it as an experiment and tell me how you get on when you get off that ship. Normally, the accountability. On, yeah, I mean, we once went on a cruise, Janet, and I took a suitcase full of booze. We were allowed to take f- as many cases as we wanted to because we weren't flying. We were driving to Southampton, getting on Queen Mary. I took a suitcase with a box, a box of red wine, box of sh- a bottle of sherry, bottle of Bacardi, two bottles of white wine, as if there wasn't enough on board. We got on. So that one wasn't inclusive. No, but you were allowed to take your own bottles of wine, which I was amazed at. So I put all these bottles in the bottom of the wardrobe in the cabin, just in case there wasn't enough, you know. Drinking it every night as I'm getting ready for the dinner, drinking my wine, then having a dinner, just never ending. Anyway, the second cruise, the non alcoholic cruise. I packed alcohol-free mm-hmm. drinks in my suitcase. Aha. Uh-huh. Same strategy. Yeah. Gin. I absolutely loved it. I put them all out on the shelf so I could see them. As you walk into the cabin, there's a bottle of champagne waiting for you. That's quite normal. I'd already planned what to do with it. I was going to pick it up and put it in the corridor. Planned it. Plan ahead. Don't dread. I did it. Yeah. Yeah, I did the four nights without a drink of alcohol. On the last evening, I was in the cabin on my own. I did a dance. Judy, you've done it. I couldn't believe <laughs> it. You've done it. You've done it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Anyway, we got off the ship and Simon actually lives nearby. And he said, call him for a coffee. So we did. He gave me a huge hug. I said, I've done it. I've done it. And we sat talking for about an hour. And as we left the house, Richard said, I've decided to stop drinking. After hearing you two talk and your excitement, I've decided to stop drinking. That was September the 14th. Amazing, yeah. And he has not had a drink since. Wow. Yeah, just kind of role modelling sobriety for a partner is, is much more powerful than nagging them, isn't it? And saying, oh, why, why don't you stop it as well they'll see they'll they'll see you'll look different you'll sound different your behavior will be different and they'll realize you know how much how many benefits there are yeah the counting the counting of the days it's so exciting Mm -hmm. some people don't like to do it yeah i love it there's an an app called i am sober Mm -hmm. takes you over each day it tells you how much you've saved i've saved seven thousand pounds altogether so if someone said to you, pick out the three top benefits of sobriety, Judy, I know there's so many and you're just brimming with them, but pick me your top three. Number one, memory. 
my memory has come back. <laughs> because when you're drinking, you just forget. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Number one is memory. Number two, obviously, you look and feel better. You, you, your skin, your hair, even my hairdresser says, you know, my hair looks better. It's your appearance. The, the puffiness goes. And number three is you get to know yourself. You start to love yourself. Yeah. Because we drink because we want to hide things. We drink because we don't like ourselves. You learn to love yourself. And another thing is when I was drinking, Janet, I was always judging, judging people, judging things, criticising, making things bigger than they were. I don't try not to do that now. I think before I speak. I think before I judge. Yeah. And, and I'm so grateful for little things now. Yeah. I really am. You know, I, I used to. Oh, it's it. Um, and, and seeing the money that you're saving, it's really, really good. So those yeah. are my three things. Yeah, I like what you said about the, the memory there. You know, I share that as well. And uh, the the nutritionist that I interviewed recently for the podcast, she said to me that our brains and our bodies are amazing. You know, if we just stop poisoning them for a while, they'll recover. We just need to, to leave them to recover. And I think that is so true. You know, the abuse that we've poured on our poor bodies and brains for decades. And, and here they are kind of bouncing Absolutely. back. You know, we're, um, we're so blessed, really. At the beginning, it's really quite unbearable and then it's uncomfortable and then it's unstoppable because nothing's oh, nothing's, like that. nothing's going to change me now i can't go back no why why would you uh, why and the other you? thing is i can't think of a s single benefit when you do stop drinking and you start looking at other things you start growing you learn yeah you grow yeah you're not negative you're positive it's a journey of self-discovery, isn't it? And and getting to know yourself. And it, it's, it's crazy when you think of us two who are quite mature. You know, here we are getting to know ourselves. It's about time, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> it's a journey with no finishing line, really. Yeah. But I love what you said about, um, what is it, unbearable, uncomfortable, unstoppable. Yeah. That, is, that is stunning. Every Saturday afternoon, we open up our Tribe Sober Zoom Cafe. It's a safe space where our members can connect, check in, and just shoot the breeze about alcohol-free living. If you'd like to be a guest at the cafe one Saturday, just drop us an email at Janet at TribeSober.com. That's Janet, J-A-N-E-T, at TribeSober.com, and we'll send you an invitation. If you had to say how long you have to spend in those two first phases, thinking of your experience, how long was it unbearable? Ten days. Ten days. Ten days. And how long was it uncomfortable? Six months. I, I, I was busy doing something in the lounge and I suddenly thought, oh, I haven't thought about alcohol. And that feeling is fabulous. Alcohol becomes totally insignificant, even the word alcohol. Yeah. It's just not part of you thinking. Start thinking, not drinking. It's, it's just not part of my life. There's so many other things to do. I've changed. 
I, I quite often do meditations on the inner child, little Judy, meet big Judy, and we talk to each other. But since watching Lynette talking about the future, the future Judy is now talking to me. And I loved it when she said, your future self is waving at you. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like a timeline. Yeah. It's very powerful. Like a timeline. Yeah. And you're working today for your future self. Whatever's gone on in my past and all the awful things I did when I was drinking, I mean, I, I hid it. I said horrible things. That's all gone. You can't hang on to it. It's gone. It's past. The guilt has gone. The shame has gone. It's gone. I'm living for now. I get this joy in my tummy that's never happened before, and it's the most amazing feeling. Oh, Tell, tell me what you would say to someone that's listening to us to, you know, talk about the joys of sobriety and they're thinking, oh, yeah, well, right, I know I should stop drinking, but how on earth can I get started? What do you think that, that first step should be? Because that's the most difficult thing, isn't it? It is difficult. It is. You've, you've got to choose a date. Now, your five-day sprint was ideal. Yesterday was day one. But obviously, anybody can start now. Choose a date. Plan ahead. I'm going to get a journal. I'm going to get a beautiful journal. I love my journals. I've got so many journals. They're colourful. Even if I just write three words in it one day, I won't drink today. And I loved your colouring. You do an hour at a time. Look at the clock. I'm not going to drink. It's 11 o'clock. I'm not going to drink. 12 o'clock. I'm not going to drink. 24 hours. And repeat. That's all you need to look at. The other thing I've got is the three C's. Get a coach. Be consistent. And community. The three C's. You've got to be part of a community. You can't do it alone. And also, once you do tell your story, the fear's gone. That is a huge step. My very first Zoom, I didn't dare put my camera on. I didn't dare speak. I listened to other people. You pick up tips and tactics. Oh, I write that down. I write that down. And then you start growing. And I mean, now I'm, I'm running Zooms helping other people yeah i know but we want to know more about that so i know you're a sober coach as is your husband and uh, you've got you're just starting a facebook group so tell us a bit about that judy well when when you're getting sober it's a project you, you you're working on you you're working on a project okay you get your sobriety you then need something else to keep it going keep the interest there so after two and a half years i decided to open my own Facebook group with Richard. So we've called it The Sober Road with Richard and Judy. And the idea is that we're travelling along the sober road together and we're there to help each other. So for dry July, we had a bus. And this bus would depart from stand two or stand three, whatever day it was, and I'd find a driver. And that driver would take us to wherever they live, show us the sights, it was all imaginary, but it was great. 
Lisa took us to Niagara Falls on on the last day of July. Um, we've been all over the world. People just say, I'm getting on, I'm getting on, wait for me. Bit of fun, accountability. So that is, that is gradually growing and it's beautiful. And we have a Zoom on a Thursday night at 8 o'clock UK time. And it's just amazing. People come and share their wins, share their challenges, talk about their sobriety journey. And it doesn't matter what stage you're at. But that bus will be sure. running every day. Get on that bus, get a ticket. Yeah. But yeah, I love your idea about uh, taking people um, on the bus, you know, to various locations, because that's one of the joys, isn't it, of these sober communities. We're so international. We've got people on the sober sprint, haven't we, from all over the place. I know. I had a lady joining from Iceland the other day and someone else from Peru. It just blows your mind. You've got a poem you're going to read to us, haven't you, Judy? Yes, I have. I, I, I wrote this at the beginning of my journey. This is to help people, just to get excited. You've got to get excited about this. Yeah. You're not losing, you're gaining. I know it's hard to understand that at the beginning, but you've, that's the way it looks anyway. So here we go. I was worried about my drinking. And so it got me thinking. My name is Judy Cook, but I didn't know where to look. One day I looked on Facebook, but where should I start to look? I came across many groups. These would be my troops. And so began my journey to sobriety with tools to help of every variety. Podcasts, YouTube, Zooms and Facebook, that was to be the last drink I took. Discover your trigger. Your belief will be bigger. Train your brain, stand in the rain. Sit with your craving, it will be your saving. Change your mindset and you will forget that drink you once yearned Another milestone was earned. Minutes, hours, days, a week. Alcohol-free is what I seek. Thoughts of alcohol are few, and my life is now incredibly new. I am now alcohol-free, and I'm very proud of me. With the help of all those sober, My journey will never be over. I am now 800 days and counting. Thanks to everyone for never doubting. I strive to be the best. My passion will never rest. So thank you for the share, Judy, and all the great advice you gave us. Let's pull out some key points. Judy was a bit of a late developer when it came to alcohol. At the age of 18, she actually couldn't see the point of going to the pub, unless you were very thirsty, of course. However, by the age of 28, her wine habit began to get established. A drink when she got home from work, as a reward, of course, and then another glass while she was cooking. 
Alcohol is so insidious, the way it just creeps up on us over the years. In fact, 20% of social drinkers will become dependent, and that's why it's so important to do regular dependence checks. Just do an alcohol-free challenge several times a year. If it's a breeze, then you've got no problem. But if it's tricky, or if you can't even imagine doing it, then you need to make some changes. So if it's time for your dependence check, just go to tribesober.com and join our annual fundraiser, 30 days of online and community support. Over the years, alcohol became Judy's best friend, and she was undaunted about the prospect of ending her 32-year marriage because she always had her wine to keep her company. That's such a red flag, isn't it? When we build a relationship with alcohol and our ideal evening is to stay home alone with our bottle of wine. And that's why we encourage our members to break up with alcohol, to write a goodbye letter. If you'd like to read some of those goodbye letters, just go to tribesober.com and click on podcasts and more menu. Judy found lots of reassurance that drinking was normal. After all, everyone on the TV dramas was drinking. There were press articles saying that red wine is good for us. People were either normal drinkers or they were homeless alcoholics who needed to go to AA. There was nothing in between. There was no recognition that it was a spectrum, a slippery slope that we could step off before we lost everything. You heard Judy say, why didn't anyone tell me that it was poison? And I so empathise with that. If you know my story, then you'll know that I nearly drowned in my bath due to an alcoholic blackout when I was in my 20s. But nobody told me I should get help. On the contrary, we turned it into a funny story. Judy made sure to book holidays where the alcohol was included and even took a suitcase of bottles with her on one trip. Meals out were more about the wine than the food, of course. She talked us through her arrival home from work, husband waiting with a glass of wine, the first of many. Evening of drinking would end up with a glass of wine by the bed. Waking up the next morning, she couldn't remember what they'd eaten or what they'd watched on TV. In fact, her first thought was how much wine had she got left in the house and how many bottles would she need to buy? Judy's wake-up call was when she woke up one morning with tingling in her fingers and toes. This is a symptom of alcoholic neuropathy. Alcohol is toxic to nerve tissue and can damage the nerves which transmit signals between the body, spinal cord and brain. Yet another example of the toxic and deadly nature of alcohol. So Judy's mind was made up. She just had to stop. Now it was all about the how. AA was out of the question as she didn't want to bump into anyone she knew. So she went on to Facebook and found sober coach Simon Chappell. I love the way the modern recovery movement has evolved over the last decade. Judy may well have stayed stuck in her drinking if AA was the only solution, but now there are so many options. And I love to visualise her picking up her little dog and her mobile and going into the woods for a long conversation with sober coach Simon. 
she skipped home from that call feeling so much lighter. And that's exactly how we feel once we've shared our story. The relief is huge. And also we realize that there is a way out. And reaching out is the biggest step, the hardest step of all. So if Judy's story is resonating with you, then why not take that step right now? Reach out to tribesober.com and hit join our tribe. I'm always telling people to make sobriety their priority and throw the book at it. Do all the things. And Judy is a classic example of the transformation you can expect if you do that. She devoted 18 weeks to studying sobriety like an exam. She read the books, she listened to the podcasts, and most importantly, she connected with others on the same path, sometimes doing two Zoom meetings a day. She was excited about getting sober, which is a massively important reframe. Once you realise that ditching the booze is an opportunity to open up your life in ways you cannot yet imagine, that's when the feeling that you have a problem gives way to the excitement of realising that you have an opportunity. And once we realise that we're going to gain so much more than we lose, everything changes. Unlike many of us, Judy became passionate about her sobriety. Like me, she was a bit older when she got round to ditching the booze. She saw it as a now or never decision. And indeed, going alcohol-free is absolutely the best thing we can do for our health and happiness as we get older. Judy got into meditation, which she found a great help, and she still meditates every single day. She loved her first sober Christmas, but was a bit apprehensive about her first sober holiday. But she tackled that in typical Judy style by taking a suitcase of alcohol-free drinks on the cruise with her, and it all worked out beautifully. Judy describes the sobriety journey as one which evolves from unbearable to uncomfortable to unstoppable. And I just love that description. She says she spent just 10 days in the unbearable part, six months in the uncomfortable bit, and then she felt unstoppable. How awesome is that? And that's been our experience at Tribe Sober as well. We've worked with hundreds of people and we've seen that those six months are hard. But once people get through them, then the magic begins. Judy's advice to people who are struggling is to just get started. Just pick a date. And we can help you with that. We've got our annual fundraiser running from now until the end of January. Just make a small donation to a good cause Pick your own date and you'll get 30 days of community and online support. Judy is a sober coach herself these days and she runs a Facebook group with her husband called The Sober Road. I'll put the link in the show notes. So let me end with a lovely message from Lynn B from the US. She's on our dry December challenge. So this is Lynn. Tribe Sober has completely changed my relationship with alcohol and it's been such a positive change in my life. While I was never a truly problematic drinker, I was aware that I drank more nights than not and I was concerned about removing alcohol from my life. But with the support of your messages and the tribe, I found it much easier than I would have imagined. I still have the occasional social drink, but most of the time I choose not to drink socially 
and no longer ever drink when I'm alone, and I live alone. It's made such a beautiful difference in my life. I feel empowered by removing it from my daily life. I love the challenges. I feel they keep me on track. And what a great idea to have one during the holidays when drinking is so prevalent. I appreciate you so very much and your tribe team. Oh, thank you so much, Lynn. And thanks for supporting our annual fundraiser. If you'd like to join Lynn on the challenge, which can be for a dry December or a dry January, just go to tribesober.com and hit on the fundraiser pick on the homepage. Make a small donation to a good cause and we'll get right back to you for your start date. Online and community support for 30 days to get you through. So that's it from me. Thank you so much for listening and I'll be back next week. Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard, it takes courage and grit, and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain, and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.